Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Transcend the Podcast. I am excited, super excited for this week's episode, not just because we are in Black History Month, but because this week we're going to be talking about money and healing. And you all know that the focus of this podcast is to help Black and Brown folks, BIPOC folks to create some money to build generational wealth. So this week, as my guests, I have Josie Santiago and Alexis Henry, who are running a series called Money and Healing. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. Welcome, Josie and Alexis. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having us. Definitely, definitely. So full disclosure, y'all, Josie and I know each other from hanging out around Oakland, salsa dancing, and just being in these... um, Oakland streets, right? And in, in, in the best way possible. I mean, you know, not like misbehaving in the streets, but having fun in the streets, celebrating Black people, Black culture, all of that stuff. So uh, I'm super thrilled to have her on the podcast today. Josie, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's so fun. It's always great to see you um, out and dancing. And my name is Josie Santiago. I'm the owner and founder of Akili Well, a wellness service for individuals, companies, and groups. I am a leadership and wellness coach, a facilitator, and a somatic practitioner, and I am passionate about increasing a well-being in people's lives, and so that's what I do. I spend a lot of time supporting individuals and increasing their well-being, and then I've also been supporting organizations and developing cultures of well-being, and um, I'm on a mission to really support the, like, I want us to be able to have well-being as a normal part of our our US culture, our global culture. I want I want us to to see it in our lives more. So, I'm on a mission to really give access and create access for for folks, especially in black and brown communities. I love that. That well-being is not an extracurricular, but it is the thing, right? The main yeah. thing. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Alexis, how about you? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Mm. Josie had me all motivated. I was like, I'm ready. I I was over here snapping on mute. Snap, snap, snap. "Mm, Let me take some notes. Um, Also, fun fact, salsa's come up for some reason. Like This is like the fourth time today for me. So I'm taking the signal. Um, Come on out and join us. (laughs) But I'm Alexis. I'm the founder of We Are Talking. Um, I'm a financial coach. Uh, So We Are Talking's mission is in the name. It's really just to get people talking about money because there's such a stigma about money. Like We know we all been raised with this taboo. You don't talk about it. But when you ask people, how did you learn? Like, how did you learn about budgeting? How did you learn about X, Y, and Z? Someone told me. That's the number one reason that most people give. And so... Um, both of these things can't be true that we don't talk about it and we learn from talking. And so uh, my mission is to make sure that um, we are having this conversation and particularly as women and women of color. Um, and that uh, also that it's a fun conversation. Uh, uh, the way Josie really wants to have wellness be about, be the thing. I really want fun to be the thing. Um, I, I know that money is often a conversation that's not associated with fun. And so um, I really try to switch that up. And I do that in a few different ways. Um, in addition to one-on-one coaching, I also do workshops with with organizations. And then we have a, our signature events called Money Brunch, um, in which pre-pandemic, we'd get together, um, have a little mimosa, uh, and talk about a different money topic. And, t- and today, it's transitioned into money and cooking, uh, in which we a chef teaches us how to make a meal and then we'll have that same money conversation. 
Ooh, I love that. I'm also over here snapping again on mute and, and loving <laughs> that whole that whole situation. Um, and I am and I haven't asked you all yet how you all got together to do this money and healing series, but I know in working with business owners and entrepreneurs and even just on my own journey, there's this really strange connection to me between money and our comfort with money and how we grew up and mm-hmm. how we created a money story. And I was, I was journaling this morning and thinking about, you know, what are my revenue goals as I start to transition out of um, teaching probably and into, you know, more full-time entrepreneurship again. And my nervous system started to activate, like right mm-hmm. at my uh, solar plexus. And that's happened before. And I, at this time, though, I was aware of it as it was happening. I was thinking, this is so interesting There is nothing unstable about what's going on right now. But even just thinking about it, I'm having this somatic response in my body. And it and I have never um, I didn't grow up without money. Not that there was, you know, an overabundance of money, but I didn't have like a traumatic money story in terms of not knowing where food was going to come from and stuff like that. But there is such a connection to how we see and value ourselves with what our financial status is. And so I'm curious, how did you all decide to get together to bring um, money and wellness or money and healing into the same space? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you bring that up. And I'm so glad that you talk about the somatic connection, because I said the the way in which we interpret life lives in our bodies and it manifests and shows up in our bodies and our memories, our thoughts, all of that are present within us. So that deep connection is, is so important. Um, and that like, that's part of the reason why we started this money and healing series. Actually, uh, back before the pandemic, I had planned to do a wellness uh, retreat for my friends. And I was just like, you know what, I know most of my, many of my friends are like activists, artists, uh, social workers, really just trying to do really great work in the world. And I know that many of my friends were really tired and exhausted and then just needed um, some connection and rejuvenation. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And uh, Alexis was highly encouraging me to do it as well. And we partnered together to talk about how we can have this wellness retreat. And in the midst of designing that, I asked Alexis, um, what does money and wellness look like? And um, Alexis, I, I mean, I feel like you could probably fill in from here, but it was just this con- this conversation that started to brew in me because I knew she was such a strong financial advocate that she's been really influencing that in my life. And for me to look at my relationships with money, to look for me to start to plan for a long-term sustainable um lifestyle more. And so I was recognizing that for myself that like, oh, money, there's a money story here. This is connected to my overall well-being. And so I asked Alexis to to start to think about that as a part of the workshop that we could put on for the wellness retreat. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we were kind of coming at this from different sides and like converged in the middle. Like um, I, I resonated with what you were just saying about like you had felt that before and it, and you hadn't quite put two and two together. And for me, like when Josie was like, 
what's money and wellness? I'm like, I don't know. But actually, like, as I got <laughs> deeper into it, um, I realized like, oh, I had, these were conversations that I would have with clients of like, okay, we could talk about the budget, but uh, it doesn't matter if like, you're not really emotionally with this, or you're not motivated for this, or you don't, there's still some type of trigger that's gonna come in the way. And so I kind of had to, I didn't have the language at the time. And like, I feel like Josie had the wellness language and I could talk about the money. And so we kind of like found a way to converge. Um, and I actually happened to, at the time, I feel like, I guess if, if, if we're into signals, like I had checked out a book called um, Emotional Currency um, to, to really investigate like what is money and wellness. And um, then the pandemic happened, the library shut down. So I had that book for like six months. So I really got a chance to get into the topic. Um, and we really just figured out like, it's, it's kind of, like the basis of everything right like if if we can we can spew a lot of like practical knowledge but if we're not um also taking a taking a look into what's happening at the foundation like we're only going to kind of get so but so far so um we decided to pivot um once everything <laughs> shut down and we realized we couldn't we couldn't meet in person um and to create this money and healing curriculum yeah i love that i think people often think about um you know, using money for wellness, right? Using money to to pay for things that will make us better. But I think arguably not being comfortable with money or being afraid of it can also conversely make us sick, right? Just from the way that our body responds or uh, just from worrying about uh, like, you know, everybody, I feel like in my age right now is like, okay, so social security is about to get cut. Like there was an article that came out about that. And we're all wondering, are we putting enough away? Are we doing what we're supposed to, um, you know, we're the children of the baby boomers who are never going to retire. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. There's some, Don't say that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I probably take it back. I'm take that back out of I love talking about retirement. I'm like, Don't yeah, me too, me too. Right. But like, what does that, what does that look like? And I do think that it shows up in a number of different ways because there are people who are hustling, right? I just wrote an email the other day about you know, we don't, maybe we don't have to hustle. Maybe we don't mm-hmm. have to hustle. Maybe we can be smarter and stop glorifying the hustle and actually um, be in charge and in control of this life that we're trying to create, including the finances. So what would be like your, I didn't ask you all to prepare like a one, two, three kind of a thing, but I guess from both of your perspectives, from the wellness side and from the money side, if someone is saying, okay, I've got a job or I'm, I'm running my own business and I know I need to get my finances in order. What would be the first thing, Alexis, that you would tell them to do? Um, I actually uh, tell people who are starting from like ground zero to just like journal, actually, just like keep a, a money diary. So like there's mm-hmm. the kind of alongside the the practical of like track your expenses, whether you're doing that in a like a spreadsheet or using some type of tool, like a mint or something like that. But also like in addition to, okay, I spent $10 on a sandwich yesterday, but like, why did I spend that $10? How, what did I feel about that? Was there something that came up? And then like, you're just trying to c- collect data so that after like a month or two months, you see some patterns like, oh, I've, I've worked with clients who are like, uh, yeah, I spend a lot on Ubers on the days when like I wake up late or when I'm just not, like I didn't have time to plan for my week. And so then you can start to um, put those put the two and two together. So I feel like step one is just like 
what do we know? <laughs> and like, and, and finding a way that works for you to just start tracking and paying attention to what you're doing. Okay, good. Yeah, that makes sense. And then Josie, from a somatic perspective, if someone is feeling like, okay, I want to get my stuff together, but I'm, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm, I'm anxious, what would you advise them to do? Yeah, I love this tool called RAIN. It's a really great tool to use, uh, recognize. So being aware of what's happening, what are the, the emotions? As you said, like sometimes uh, we think about money and it brings up stress, right? So what are the emotions that you have in association with dealing with money, navigating money, um, having conversations around money? What are the emotions present? Recognize that. Recognize that and also how it's showing up for you and your body. And then also investi- uh, investigate. Well, first, sorry, allow rain, recognize what's the emotion, what's there, allow it, right? We sometimes when we have emotions, we'll like suppress it, squash it down, um, have resistance to it. Uh, there's lots of different things, but the allowance can allow the process of the emotion to, to move through us and then investigate. And this is also a part of what we do in the money and healing series, which is we investigate the money story. And you even said that earlier, Mm -hmm. what is the money story that we have there? What are the underlying beliefs that are there? Where does that come from? And, and then nurture, spend some time being with that, being with that experience that you had, um, what are the ways in which you can hold tenderness, compassion, and love towards that story um, and and yourself in the process and even others uh, alongside that? Um, and then the last thing that I would say would be to start to vision. What is it that you want your relationship to money to be like and start to cultivate that? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, in one of the group coaching sessions that I was in. So I thoroughly, thoroughly believe in coaching and have had the benefit of coaching in the last couple of years. So all of you all that are listening and who don't have a coach in any particular area, definitely explore and see where you need more support. Um, But one of the coaches was talking about, she linked um, attachment styles to money. So this, this woman was a social worker in a previous life and then had turned into an entrepreneur and then she's coaching other entrepreneurs now. And one of her things, she uses the profit first method and, and uses like her, her psychological background and training or her social work background and training to help move business owners through whatever blocks that they have that are going on. So we were talking about money and her, her thing is like, you got to make sure you have enough profit, right? And so she was, she was making this connection between attachment styles in relationships to our attachment style with our, in our relationship with money. And I had, it like blew me away. So for those of you all who are unfamiliar with attachment styles, um, there's a book called Attach that talks about, there are really, I think, three basic attachment styles. And if I'm, if I mess it up, y'all jump in, but right. the, the kind of middle ground is securely attached where you're not anxious in your relationship and you're not avoiding in your relationship, but you, you know, something happens, there's a disagreement and doesn't, doesn't knock you off kilter. You know, that those kind of things kind of happen, but you feel really secure in your relationship. 
Anxious is where you're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. That if someone uh, maybe had an attitude that was quiet one day, then you're thinking, oh, what's wrong? Is this relationship going to end? You just feel really nervous about the relationship mm-hmm. if you don't have that affirmation. And then you're avoidant, always trying to fix things. Yes, exactly. Right. Because you're afraid they're going to fall apart. And then avoidant is, oh, this feels like it's too close. It's too much. Let me push it away. Let me get some distance. Right. And of course, the anxious and the avoidant are typically drawn to each other and then trigger each other. <laughs> and so that creates a lot of stuff. Not that that means that two and an anxious and an avoidant attachment style couldn't get together, but it does require more work on both parts. And so she said you could be anxious, avoidant or secure or you might be a combination. And I, as she's saying this, I'm like, oh my God, I am anxious and avoidant with money, especially in my business. Well, I guess just in general, because if I'm focusing on it, I'm like, okay, do I have enough? Is it going to be there? Am I doing it right? Am I investing in the right places? Am I saving enough? Am I like, you know, just that kind of frenetic energy and that insecurity around it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. And then I'm avoiding. I don't want to look at stuff. I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with it. I've got to get myself, you know, to that middle ground of like, let's be secure, trust the process, know that I'm doing what I'm doing. But I'm curious, have you all um, heard that before or seen that? Or how do you see it show up in your clients as it relates to attach myself? And that's the same thing I do in relationships with people too, especially romantic relationships. I'm mm-hmm. like anxious, afraid it's going to drop out. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't care. And I go to the other extreme, like, you know, <laughs> so it blew my mind and told me a lot about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been, I've been getting deep into attached myself. Um, and I like that it, that it is a, it's a spectrum, right? You can move across the spectrum and that it may change with different contexts or with different relationships that you're in. Um, and I definitely see a lot of avoidance um, with clients and, and that's often tied to like feelings of like shame and guilt and, you know, you're avoiding, you're avoiding looking at it, but um, yep. often when people go through this um, or even just dealing like with what dealing with the situation, but also dealing with like what actually is the situation, right? Is it that I'm avoiding right. paying the bill or is it that I'm avoiding like having a really hard conversation with my partner because I bought all these things or um, because I made a decision in the business that, that I, I wasn't sure about. Um, and so it's really about like, how do we get to a place where we can kind of come through to the other side of it? We're realizing like, oh, if we had that conversation, we feel better. If we, we actually do look at it and have the knowledge of like, how bad is the debt? I feel better. And like, I have a plan now for it. Um, and I can, I can also feel secure in that. Um, I can, I know I have the resources to handle it. Even if the resources I think aren't what we typically like, I think we just assume like, oh, it means you do have enough money in the bank account and that may not be the case, but you may have resources of like, I can, I know how to like figure this problem out. I know how to ask other people for help. I know how to, you know, connect to a network or whatever that may be. And often like fear really is what's holding us back from, from moving from being anxious or avoidant or anxious avoidant to secure. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I love that you bring this in. I actually been reading this book called um, Turn This World Inside Out, The Emergence of Nurturance Culture. And this writer also uses the analysis of attachment style with the um, the culture of violence um, and, 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 our, mm. and the desire to turn and sh- shift the world from the culture of violence to the culture of nurturance. 
Um, and I just think that this is just a fascinating, I don't, I, I haven't, I mean, I feel like when you think about attachment styles, it's all related to relationship and, um, and our relationship, we do have a relationship with everything in the world. Um, so why wouldn't it be the case that we can look at this attachment style in relationship to money? Um, I, I, but I, I haven't really thought about it in that way. And so I, and my mind is being like all over the place and expanding as I even try to conceptualize this and bring this into words. But one thing that does come up for me when thinking about this and the work that we've done with uh, the Money and Healing series is that secure attachment is really about being secure that you are loved and lovable. And um, one of the things that we I see and happen, um, especially in the Money and Healing series, is that there's this... Um, I, I don't know if I'm deserving of, which I think is really rooted in love and security. Um, so that's one thing that I think comes up and that, that, that I don't know if I'm deserving of peace. That question um, is, is something that can lead to the behaviors that we're seeing around uh, avoidance or anxiousness around money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was looking for my notes on my computer about, um, so I took a neuro coaching, I'm a certified neuro coach, I was trained under a psychologist and understand, uh, learned about neuroplasticity and, and how, how our brains create these thoughts and how these thoughts get wired and they're part of our subconscious and then learned how to break those thoughts and then rewire new thoughts. And in that, and it's probably in any psychology book you want to pick up, right? There's, there's three main things that um, are like at issue for us that no matter how they manifest, it usually comes back down to these three things, feeling like you're loved, feeling like you belong, safety. And all of those things I think can come up um, when we're dealing with my, or just in relationship in general, right? We're in, we're in relationship with everything, in relationship with the world, with our job, with our parents, with our, you know, with the people that are around us. But I do think that thinking about it through attachment styles can help us in, in any realm that we're thinking about relationships. And so then maybe, even though we're not, we're talking now about what happens in our nervous system when we're talking about money, but that hasn't been the conversation for a while. But when you can recognize these emotions or these feelings that are coming up, no matter the situation, then you can start to pinpoint where is that coming from and learn how to deal with it um, accordingly. And I don't think that the, I think sometimes the misnomer is that we will no longer have these triggers, but that's not really it, right? It's that we will recognize what they are, give them space and then be able to move forward, giving ourselves what we need to feel comfortable enough to move forward in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, like the acknowledgement of like, this is a relationship with our money, the same way like we have relationships with with humans, right? Like we have conversations. I had conversations with my, my, my money. I'm like, what are we doing today? Um, you know, yeah. like, we have like, we let go of it and it comes back to us. Like we have this like cycle that we, that is similar to like how we interact with people. Right. And that just acknowledge, I think even just like the acknowledging like, oh, this is a relationship. And with a relationship, you have to nurture a relationship. You have to like, mm-hmm. be like, are we in line? Do we have our values like in order? Are we on, are we on the same page? Like you right. have to do that work. Um, and, and, and part of that, yeah, that work is this, but also what you mentioned of like recognizing what I'm, what I'm feeling when I'm in relationship with you as well. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. So the the follow-up to that little meeting that we had was also talking about uh, love languages as well. And they were saying, you know, how do you feel loved? And I was like, oh, well, for me, quality time is, I think, number one for me. And I'm like, okay, well, you should probably spend some quality time with your money. I was like, what? <laughs> it totally yeah. like, blew my mind because if we're going to personify money and really acknowledge that we are in a relationship with money and with making money, then we also need to nurture that relationship so that we get what we are needing out of that relationship. So if I'm, you know, if I was dealing with a person and stonewalled them and didn't want to talk to them and pretend like they didn't exist, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a very good relationship with that person. So I can't pretend like money doesn't exist. Like I don't need it. Like I'm not, you know, trying to work some stuff out because that's not going to be a very good relationship with money either. So I, I, I appreciate the analogy and I could, we could, keep going down that road for a long time. But it definitely um, gives me and hopefully some other folks a lot of stuff to think about in that way. So tell us a little bit more about the course. So what does that look like and who are you all looking for? So the course is a three-part series. We uh, meet three times for two hours each time uh, along a season. So this season, we are having just we're having two cohorts, um, and we invite women of color to join and non-binary femme to join into the conversation. And so, it's really uh, a space in which we are having sacred conversation. We're exploring ourselves. We're exploring ourselves alongside each other. We're affirming each other, acknowledging and supporting each other as alongside the the reflective journey and then we give assignments in between and so we have um, some readings that we invite folks to do and we have journal prompts activities for them to do during the series at during the time that we're actually meeting and in between as well that really supports the exploration discovery uh, realignment for folks we also have lots of fun. Josie's a DJ. She brings the tunes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we play games. Uh, we try to keep it silly at times as well. But yeah, that's it. You got the gist. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, and I just want to talk about like that shame piece for a little bit. It, it, I was telling a friend of mine the other day who's also in my business coaching community. And Alexis, you mentioned in the beginning that we don't talk about money, right? It's still taboo. Mm -hmm. It's taboo to ask someone how much they earn or to share how much you earn with somebody else. And then I think because it's taboo, there's also some shame around that and and this secrecy around it. And so what Mm -hmm. happens is it prevents people from recognizing that there are others who are similarly situated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we carry shame because we think that we are the only ones who are in this position or the only ones who don't know how to move forward. Um, it's it's really a tool that isolates us. And so the power of learning in community with other folks and the power of exploring in community with other folks is huge because you'll show up and you might be a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but by the end, I'm willing to bet that everybody feels like they're part of a family and they're excited to share their wins and, you know, want to do it for themselves, but also for each other. Is that something that you all experience at the end of the cohorts? Yeah. I mean, I think the, it might've been the second time that we did it. I was like, there was such a positive response 
that I didn't even realize how big of a deal we what we were doing was <laughs> until folks were like, no, this is great. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think there's def- definitely the, the arc of it is like, who is this? How, what is this space? Like, I, just like any person generally enters a group, there's always like a question of like, is this space safe? Do I belong? But then once they feel once they feel the safety mm-hmm. and the belonging, and they re- recognize they're a part of it, they're like, "Yes, let's keep going." <laughs> so we actually had a reunion because it kept being asked of us to to have a, a time for us to reconvene and meet. So we had our reunion for all of the cohorts. Uh, what was it in ja- early January? Yeah, that was just was a few awesome. weeks ago. Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> It feels like a long time, but no, we definitely see that, um, that feeling resonate because that's a, that, that narrative around, like, we should not talk about it. That's a tool of oppression, right. For for us to feel Mm -hmm. isolated. And so there's a, there's a freedom and a a liberation in recognizing like, oh, I am a part of a community. And in that I have power with this community, right. Like we can collectively, um, be in this together and we can if we can be in this together and name what it is we can also change what it is if it's something that doesn't feel um in alignment with us and there's 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 always there's i don't know there's like there's not a lot that compares to that feeling of like oh yes i am not alone (laughs) like this is a let me like recalibrate where i'm thinking about myself yeah absolutely and and it's empowering um it, it can be uncomfortable obviously but it's super empowering even as you are on your way to making your plan or on your way to filling in the steps in your plan, your financial plan, it is empowering to know that even if you've got 10 more steps to go, that you're killing step one, right? And that you're getting ready to take take step two. So um, mm-hmm. does it matter where people are in their financial journey? Do you want people who haven't thought about it at all? Or um, is it for people anywhere down the line? Yeah, I would say it doesn't matter because the the course is set up to to help you figure out where you're at and then what you need. Um, so there's lots of there's lots of um, differentiation within it. Um, but I think that I think anyone who's just ready to talk about healing as well as the money part um, mm-hmm. is is in a good position to start having to to join the course. Yeah, the money and the healing. I I love it. I'm so happy that the two of you paired that together. Um, I think it doesn't get talked about enough and um, I love that you all are doing it and I'm encouraging everyone to go and sign up. So if they are ready to go and sign up, where do they do that? Yeah, they can go to our website. Um, so bit.ly uh, backslash apply MH, or you can go to either of our, our individual business websites or our Instagram accounts. Um, my Instagram is uh, at we are talking underscore. Mine is, at Akili Well, A-K-I-L-I-W-E-L-L. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Is there anything else that you all would like to add before we sign out? I just wanted to reiterate that like this course truly is for everyone. I was just re- remembering because Josie brought up the reunion that we've had, we've had a person who's now taken it like four times. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how far along or how new you are to, to talking about thinking about money or thinking about your, your wellness. Um, this is for everyone. 
Yeah, got it. All right. Well, thank you both. I am honored and thrilled to have been able to talk to you all today. Um, I will be sharing this out with everybody that I know. So please, y'all, make sure that you go and sign up for um, Money and Healing, this series. It's going to be fantastic. All right, y'all. I will see you all back next week for another episode of Transcend the Podcast. Ciao, ciao.